I was just writing a post um, for Instagram and I was running into something that I very often run into when writing on Instagram, which is that I could say so much about the subject and I have to put it in a small caption. And the subject that I had so much to say about this time is the topic of uh, depression. And um, I do have a lot to say about that. And I figured that uh, it might be more helpful to make a video about it. So what sparked me to speak about depression um, is because I had someone on the phone uh, very dear to me uh, a couple of days ago and I was speaking about how I was actually in that phone call um, going through a uh, difficult couple of days um, if not some weeks in which I was dealing with depressing feelings and that I was kind of tired of them of um, yeah almost fighting them which is not very spiritually correct but this is what um, what was boiling inside of me and this person reflected me why don't you share more about that because I know you for some time and I know this is something you uh, uh, are dealing with in episodes and um, I think it is something that there's some value in that that you can share and actually um, hearing these words I felt you are right and um, I indeed uh, I've made many posts throughout the last years made all kinds of content but I didn't speak about this so much um, and I don't really know why even um, <clears throat> I guess partially because um, it can feel heavy to talk about it and um, and it can also be very misunderstood when you speak about it in two little words I've been before uh, being misunderstood when speaking about it people can make all kinds of stories about um, this topic especially when you say that you are struggling with it and um, it's kind of important to be precise what we mean with the word depression because what does it even mean to be depressed so in my viewpoint it means literally when you are depressed when there's something weighing you down it's already in the word some people will say that only when we um, have a very long and very dark and intense phase that lasts at least half a year or something whatever kind of time frames people put on to this then it's worthy to call it a depression and in my opinion that is complete BS um, uh, it, it even gives rise to a certain uh, anger in me that people say these kind of things um, because depression is, is a state that can come very quickly and go very quickly it, 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 we shouldn't put these things into time frames the question is how are you feeling are you feeling uh, are you feeling 
good, natural, flowing? Um, are you feeling okay? Or are you feeling like something is weighing you down? Do you feel it's difficult to talk on the phone, to pick up the phone? Do you feel it's difficult to get out of bed, to find purpose? Uh, do you have existential questions that make you uh, lethargic and, and, and sad? Uh, you know, do you have running thoughts that come back that are just maybe even really horrible? You know, these things can be very depressing and ca can cause us to be in a state of mild or even darker depression. And probably we're shifting into different states all the time. You know, there is not such a thing as being in depression for months and months and months. This is another thing that is uh, I call BS when people say I have been depressed for half a year. That's not true. Maybe you think that is true. I don't say you're lying if you say that. But you you are... Um, there is no such thing as a static state. We're always shifting. And I'm sure that you have laughed at least once. At least 90% of people, 99% of people that call themselves depressed. They have laughed at least once in that period of time. And have at least felt their spirit lifted for a little moment in that period of time. So... To give a little more background maybe about my own own depression and 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 um, how I experienced that myself uh, before coming later into this video about um, also solutions to depression outside of um, <laughs> antidepressants which is really really your last resort or talking psychotherapy and things like that um, so I will come back to the solutions, but to give a little bit more background about uh, what depression has been for me in my life. Well, I'm sure like many of you, uh, many of us in, 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 in humanity, we, um, we have been wounded in childhood, right? Whatever happened. Uh, and so was I. I, 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 I believe I was uh, uh, relatively quite wounded after my childhood um, I'm always hesitant uh, to speak about all the events but it's not the secret and I also don't think it's too relevant but um, there were some deep events like the loss of my mother um, a very troubled relationship with my father which even made me so the loss of my mother at 13 a very troubled relationship with my father which made me move out of uh, of uh, of my parental place at 15 to live with a friend and his parents and um, also being bullied in childhood and just kind of I remember my whole childhood being a lot of struggle and dark feelings and not feeling good being myself feeling extremely awkward to go to school and 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 um, so in short depressed feelings triggered by uh, traumatic you could say events in my childhood and um, how I rem remember my childhood was that it was many phases were really like long dark periods of course there were things that would make me happy um, <laughs> smoking weed was one of them and spending time with friends that I felt safe around was also one of them and spending time with my uh, family that I felt good around were all things that could lift this heavy feeling but um, when I was alone I would often have yeah very dark days and um, um, 
and and I remember that that kind of as being like a really dark cloud that was hanging over my life experience for many years and I remember when I was 18 I for the first time um, uh, there was a bit of a lighter year between 16, 17, 18 I switched schools and I was in a very nice school where there were a lot of things that made me happy I had my first girlfriend I felt very uh, good around other people in my school where so, it was such a good atmosphere it was a very small school and uh, I was uh, living in a home that was a lot uh, warmer um, but of course there was still something stuck there in me you know this was this was um, not looked at yet and not yet dissolved if you want to use that word and when i was 18 uh, i was at siget festival in um, hungary in budapest with a big friend group and i remember someone invited me to do my first uh, time mdma or ecstasy with her and I was hesitant and curious at the same time. And I decided to do it. And I remember that experience was absolutely mind-blowing to me. And I, I had never felt so much love before, so much expansiveness. And so, so one with the music and, and the colors and the, the whole world had like a, I could feel the world in an entirely new way, in a way that I didn't even know was possible and this opened my eyes I kind of felt almost that I found what I had been looking for my whole life and I went through a very intense phase uh, those years afterwards of experimenting with all kinds of party drugs taking lots of MDMA and um, I kept on adding more and more different types of substances substances to my list and uh, so we're talking here about a period from 18 to uh, 21, 22. And this was, um, I remember that as a, a period that was both very dark and very fun. Very fun when I was um, uh, drinking or uh, taking drugs and partying. Um, not fun when I was partying while still being sober. I needed my drinks, but when I had my my state altered i would uh, have a lot of fun and my days after would be worse and they kept on getting worse and worse and worse with a lot of anxiety as a result and um uh, depression really really dark dark moods like just not believing there's anything beautiful possible in life i mean mdma is also one of the worst uh, drugs in this case it, it opens all your serotonin uh, uh, hormones and glands and then afterwards it's empty and you don't have serotonin and you're just left with this dark dark feeling so um, at some point this wasn't sustainable anymore I felt what first seemed like the solution became slowly a bit of a nightmare almost and I felt stuck I decided to book a one-way one -way ticket to, to Thailand I already heard for the first time about meditation which um, struck something inside me I felt this is probably what I need 
And then I had my first meditation experience, which was the first time in my life that I felt um, extremely at peace. Uh, it took me a few days in a, in a Buddhist meditation center on the hills of uh, Chiang Mai, a city in Thailand, in, in the jungle, being taught by Buddhist local monks uh, with uh, some other Westerners. There were like maybe 10 other people in that retreat. And um, I remember I was coming off from my cigarette addiction during that retreat. And um, I was uh, not feeling very good in my skin. But I also remember, and I didn't understand the meditation teaching very well too, because uh, the monks didn't speak English that well. But somehow on day three or day four, I had a very beautiful and simple experience of peace that all of a sudden came upon uh, me while just sitting in silence. It was such a profoundly beautiful feeling that I knew that, that this was something that I had to kind of pursue. Um, and this was my first experience of lifting um, my depression, basically, in a real way. Um, and... Um, Let's take a sip of water. A lot of fast talking. It's also always strange when you're just talking to a camera, to yourself. Um, but anyways, so this spiritual practice was some, one of the first things that was um, taking off that, that kind of like this cloud. It, depression feels a bit like a dark cloud to me. And, um, and this was actually one of the things I, I'm trying to see how much I can fit into this uh, short uh, talk. But some other things that I was also already busy with and exploring were um, uh, running, uh, foods I was eating, uh, sleeping habits. Um, the Power of Positive Thinking was a book that I had read. So I, I started to understand that the quality of my thoughts to improve those might help. Excuse me. Um, and slowly my experience throughout the years was becoming that I would shoot in and out of periods of depression, but they would kind of get shorter and shorter. And my periods without depression would also become brighter and brighter. And this is actually an ongoing process up until today. But even up until this day, I, um, I do experience bouts of uh, depression and um, this might really come to a surprise as people how, how is that possible after so many years of meditation or your your yoga teacher how does that work um, but um, yeah the truth is <laughs> that it's still there for me and I, I'm sure that it is uh, it is there for many others too I know very I know many people that have been uh, very deep into all kinds of the deepest spiritual teachings on this planet and it, they still fight kind of this this monster of of darkness that keeps returning and um, this is the whole process basically to 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 tame uh, that mind and to see through that mind maybe more importantly and to just take really good care for ourselves and to um, yeah get the grip back 
more and more over our moods and to come back more and more to our our natural state. So, if you're still listening this far, and if you are someone who is also dealing with depression, I think that there are some really wonderful ways um, that we can uh, deal with this depression. Because if, if I think there's one thing I've learned throughout the years, and also if there's one thing that has inspired me to start offering my services as a coach, then it must be the ways I found to overcome depression more and more which is funny i don't speak about it so much in my content and actually it's so relevant because this is really really important and it's actually also something i work with with many people and if it's not depression it's other bad moods and states but nothing has been almost nothing has been more significant in my life than to find tools to overcome depression and um, nothing inspires me more than to share these things because nothing seems more important to me. So, how to overcome depression, also if it constantly comes back. So, I have recently, this year actually a lot, between all my peak experiences, traveling around the world. If you followed me, you've seen that I've been to India. I've done many trainings in all kinds of places from India to Poland to Portugal, uh, online trainings. I've met so many people. I've been to festivals, the Tantra Festival, the Boom Festival. I've had many peak experiences and also um, actually quite a few lows in between. Sometimes also triggered by these peak experiences. It often um, makes me and many others go low again afterwards. And um, over and over, I find situations in which I... Uh, kind of pull myself out of it um, and so let's just dive into those ways to how to pull yourself out of a depression what to do well I think one of the most important things you can do to solve or to solve is not a good word but to deal with your depression and to kind of heal it and to transcend it, uh, I would say number one is meditation slash self-inquiry. So with meditation, I mean really just being, uh, coming back to silence and uh, becoming aware of the way your mind uh, operates and finding the, the power that we all have to... Uh, use our attention in different ways because usually our attention is very much engaged with thoughts it's almost like merged with thoughts and um, this leaves us at the mercy of the quality of our thoughts so especially if we have been conditioned with not such nice thoughts from childhood maybe we grew up in an environment um, of people that uh, were quite negative about life. Maybe we grew up in an environment of um, parents that were not always very loving the way we need. Maybe we were bullied. Um, 
maybe there was a lot of fear. This all has an influence on the way our mind is conditioned. And if our mind is conditioned in a negative way, we are uh, really uh, yeah, at the mercy of this, of this bad conditioning. And so one of the great powers is to learn to shift your attention away from these thoughts to something else. And also, maybe even more importantly, to not take them so seriously anymore. To, to see the nature of thoughts, to see that thoughts are these appearing things that come out of nowhere and disappear into nothing. And to see that we are not the creator of these thoughts, we are merely the witness of these thoughts. And this kind of ties into the other term I use, which is self-inquiry, um, which can mean different things. Some know it from the work of Byron Katie, but I mostly mean self-inquiry in the sense of um, investigating the nature of your mind, the deep existential questions, who am I? What am I? Am I these thoughts? <laughs> Simple answer is no. But can I see that I am not these thoughts? Can I experientially grasp that? For example, by... We can do this exercise right now together. For example, by closing the eyes for a moment and then um, waiting for a thought to appear. Or to try to see if we can stop our train of thoughts. And if there are still any kind of images, visual, visuals, uh, uh, memories, uh, words coming into your mouth, it, it's, it's proven right there and then that you are not creating that. If we, if we were the creator of our thoughts, it would take zero effort to stop thoughts. But even long-term, long, long, long-term meditators know that it's not the point of meditation is to stop thoughts simply because we can't. So just the simple fact that thoughts come and go outside of our um, control proves to us that we are not the creator of thought. And therefore we are not our thoughts. And therefore we can disengage from thoughts. So this is self-inquiry, realizing who am I? And also if I am not my thoughts, then what am I? I'm the observer of my thoughts. What is this observer? What is it? That, 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 that thing or non-thing inside me, the formless aspect of me that sees, that witnesses, that hears, that smells, and that, 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 that experiences thoughts. What is that? Can I find that one? So this is very important, meditation and, and self-inquiry. And this is maybe a bit also more of a long-term thing to keep on studying, to keep on practicing, and to keep reminding yourself of. Um, it can lead to explosive, uh, quick experiences that will break you free to a large degree all at once. And it will require a maintenance and an and a ever deepening into this, these kind of realizations. So this is very important. Um, less urgent, but more long-term thing. Another um, less urgent, but more long-term thing um, is... A lifestyle uh, and this comes in the forms of uh, your diet, uh, 
how much do you move, uh, how much stressful uh, factors are around you on a daily basis, how, how have you created your life, is there a sense of peace or is it very disturbed, and um, what kind of people do you surround yourself with, also very important. So the first two things, diet and lifestyle, uh, these are uh, huge. What I find one of the most crazy things to know is that many people that come to a therapist or psychiatrist to tell them that they are depressed, that they so easily get uh, prescribed antidepressants, but they don't uh, get asked first, do you work out? How much do you move your body? Because literally, how, how do we think that we can be in a natural, happy, childlike state if we are not um, honoring the natural state of our body? Our bodies are meant to move. If we don't move, then of course it will dampen our mood. So I think it's almost criminal to give someone antidepressants first before sending this person first to a gym or a yoga studio at least, at least, at least, at least three times a week, you know? And then the other four days a week, at least walking. This is one of the most, these things don't need to be hard. Life doesn't need to be so complicated. These things are very simple and are very effective. So lifestyle. Um, sunlight, sleep, all these things, uh, fasting, do we fast sometimes, do we give our body a break to restore, do we allow toxins to leave our body, or are we constantly uh, eating foods that are full of toxins, uh, um, uh, what's the word again, antibiotics, um, non-organic, uh, and, 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 if we do eat many toxins, can we maybe pause and, and, and think and realize and, and, and even read studies about what these toxins do to our body? So to keep the body in a healthy state through all means, which is a very holistic thing, is just extremely important for a good mood. Then, what are the other two things I said again? <laughs> um, your environment that you've created, your life that you've created. Um, well, often we will find anyways that if we have been creating a life from a state of um, being out of alignment, with our, uh, our truth or our true feelings, if we've been lying to ourselves, if we have not been listening to our gut and to our heart and to things we already deep down know, then most likely we have created a life that doesn't make us very happy. So this is kind of a two-way thing. Our, 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 this is something that rises together. The more we we become happier, the more we will be able to create a better life. And the more we create a more, or more suitable life, the more it will also 
guide us to feel um, more happy and more aligned. So it's really important to take an honest look at our life and what in what ways are we living um, out of truth? In what ways are we lying to others, to ourselves? In what way are we um, choosing uh, comfort over um, over the path that is a little bit more difficult but that we know benefits us and when are we going to take ownership over these things so this is also a very important question and um and lastly the people we surround ourselves with they say um we are a uh, product of the five people we spend the most time with and um I find this personally to be uh, very true, extremely true, uh, almost scary how true it is. And so it's really important to take a look at our inner circle and to really see, um, is this actually benefiting me? Or am I in a circle of people that are quite negative towards life, have a negative attitude towards life, that are um, engaging with addictive things and that are maybe even inviting me to, to do these things with them? Um, uh, do these friends make me feel inspired or do these friends do not leave me feel inspired do they don't believe in all the possibilities the endless possibilities that there are in this life and if I'm a spiritual practitioner do I have a bit of a sense of a sangha of people that I can uh, together practice with or at least talk about the practice and about all the all the things that that, that come on the spiritual path so uh, very, very important. Who do you spend your time with? And not to say that these people are bad or um, that you have to judge them. It's more to just be very realistic about where am I at? Where are the people around me at? And are these are we truly healthy for each other? And so lastly, the more um, acute ways to pull yourself out of a depression. And this is something... I am very familiar with it's something I have to do uh, I've been doing many many times over the last years um, even up until now and um, so it's actually also kind of simple what helps us because what we tend to do first when we uh, get into a more depressive state is that we start to slack on certain good habits, right? We maybe spend more time on our phone scrolling. We maybe start to overeat. We maybe um, engage more in any type of unhealthy thing we already engage with sometimes. Maybe it's, it's more cigarettes, maybe it's uh, alcohol, uh, porn, whatever it is, all these kinds of things. And bad sleeping, not cleaning our house. So. When we um, find ourselves in a depressed state, one of the ways to shoot ourselves out of it is to um, to choose that first little moment that's going to be more difficult in which we take some more active choices that are beneficial for our well-being. So I would say one of the main ones, and they're quite simple, is to... Um, create a good sleeping pattern if we have lost it so to go to bed a little bit earlier again and also to wake up a little bit earlier again 
and to engage again in the activities that are good for us upon waking up. So to keep the phone away, to uh, uh, quickly in the morning to start something like a workout, some movement, to get some sunlight in our eyes, to journal, to meditate, and to kind of start planning this for ourselves. So at some point when we are done with our state, when we want to do better again, in the evening, start writing down uh, small goals for yourself again. So tonight I will... Uh, sleep at this time, tomorrow I will wake up at that time and then write out a bit of a morning routine. What am I going to do at which time? And start doing other things too, like for example, um, uh, make your house nice and clean again, you know, make, make it look pretty or your room. And if you have a tendency to buy uh, less healthy foods, start maybe throw even away that, 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 that disgusting frozen pizza or uh, anything other unhealthy in your fridge and start filling your fridge with all these healthy items again and start to and delicious healthy items. You don't need to be hard on yourself and eat broccoli and sell, drink celery juice all day. No, it's something delicious, you know, it can be fruits and, but just things that are healthy. Um, things like oatmeal, you can make delicious too. And there are many, Many delicious, healthy dinners you can make. Whatever it is, sweet potato fries with, with vegetables and, and whatever kind of protein you, you like to eat. You name it. So, basically, prime yourself to make that choice where you make that shift so that you can pull yourself out of it. And maybe really important, this is something that I can learn more too, is also to speak about it with someone. Open up to close ones. Hey, I'm, I'm feeling like this. Uh, it would be nice for me to just uh, share some time to, um, I don't wanna, not to go to someone as your therapist or to complain. I would really not recommend those two things, but just to share like, hey, this is what's going on for me. And I would like to just share it with someone so someone close to me knows. And you can even add to that, that you don't, uh, want advice because that's also something I would not recommend to give each other lots of advice in these moments. We are our own healers. We can do these things ourselves and um, we don't need anyone's advice unless we ask for it. And also, nature. Go to nature. Go to see a nice forest, a nice beach. Walk. Breathe in the fresh air. Connect to the elements. Uh, this is just one of the many other beautiful things that you can do to lift yourself out of the depression. Because depression really doesn't need to be that hard. It's mostly a kind of like a habit and a way of behaving that we fall into again and again and again. And we just need to start behaving differently and we will find that it is not that difficult to lift out of a depression. So this was my talk on depression, a vulnerable share from my side, a lot of talking to the camera. I hope it was a, was a bit of a um, coherent story. I didn't plan so much. Just planned a little bit. But anyways, I want to thank you so much for listening. 
always feel free to reach out with any questions, especially when I talk about these deep topics. Um, yeah, just ask me anything if something comes up. Also, if you disagree with anything, always feel free to tell me. And um, I wish you a wonderful, beautiful day. And if you are right now dealing with any form of uh, low moods and, and of darkness, just know that the other side can be so much closer to you than you think. Um, it, it, it's really, really much closer to us than we think. And, and ultimately, you are the one who can do it. You can do it and you don't need anyone else to do it for you. You can. We all can because we are all so powerful, so much more powerful than we are sometimes are made to believe. With that being said, I'm ending this podcast. Peace, namaste and love.